Hi, everyone, and welcome to Avid Travel with Britain Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britain Frost. Today, we're going to be talking about my recent journey aboard Ama Viola. But before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about some cruise news. Now, there is a lot of cruise news this week, so we are going to go through it pretty quickly. But if you uh, want to read more about anything, you can, of course, do that on the blog. First, we have Tauk's uh, New Dora River Ship, Andorina is the name. Um, they've announced three new itiner or three itineraries that will take place on the new ship. One is a family cruise called Duro Discovery, a family river cruise in Portugal. That is part of Tauk's Bridges program. Then there are also two other cruises, the Villages and Vintages cruise and the Exploring the Douro plus Lisbon and Madrid. So that Exploring the Douro plus Lisbon and Madrid has um, a pre and post cruise program in Lisbon and Madrid, obviously. Then next we have Elizabeth Gilbert, who is the author of Eat, Pray, Love. She christened the Avalon in Vision in Budapest um, this past week. And then also Scenic's new 2020 and 21 Asia, Southeast Asia itineraries in Myanmar and also on the Mekong. And then um, we have two pieces of news from AMA Waterways, which are first the newest addition to their fleet, which will be AMA Siena coming out in 2020. And then also the christening of Amaduro in Portugal. As I said earlier, if you are interested in reading more about any of those subjects, you can do so on our blog. But without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into our podcast about my time aboard Amaviola. So I returned from my trip last weekend, and I still am thinking about it. It has just been a whirlwind. I had the best time. But I will say that at first, I was a little bit nervous because I'm 23 years old. And while I've traveled alone before, you know, I've done ocean cruises before, and I've also traveled alone through Europe before, I've never done a river cruise alone. And I think that the difference between solo river cruising and other types of solo travel for me are that river cruises are so often couples um, and families. And so it, it's, it's easy to feel excluded, I think, or at least I saw from river cruises in the past. And the river cruise that I went on, this specific cruise aboard Amaviola was a bit different than any other cruise that you may face or that I've ever been on because it was not only a large group of couples, but it was also a large group of travel agents. So there were about 80 people in this large group of travel agents. Um, and then that 80 people was, of course, made up of couples and families as well. So it's not only that there were just groups of, you know, two or three people, 
there was there were groups of two people within this 80 person group. So, you know, the first day I really felt like a little bit discouraged and like I wasn't gonna have a great time because of the way that people were interacting with each other. It seemed like they were all kind of interested in each other and no one else. And that's fine. I mean, I get it. They're a group that's there. But it just at first was a little bit off putting to me. However, as the trip progressed, I realized that my intuition was wrong. I had the best time. Everyone was so nice. I did not eat alone once. I think I did eat alone once. I brought my book with me and I sat and I was fully intending on eating alone and I got like halfway through my lunch and then somebody came up to me and said, can I sit here? You know, a a mom and daughter. So there was not a single time that I ate alone and I couldn't have even if I wanted to because someone would always come up and say, you know, do you want to, do you want to eat? Um, so that was really nice, but you know, I think oftentimes people are skeptical of traveling alone, especially on the river because of what I mentioned earlier is that oftentimes it's a lot of couples or families or, or groups. And I I don't think that that should discourage you. And I'll get into that a bit more in a second, but just as far as my experience went, um, everyone was very inviting and open and, um, I think that, you know, when river cruising, especially you, you're thrown together with a lot of like-minded people and that you're going to find people who you share certain interests with, um, and, and you'll make quick friends. Uh, the first night of my cruise, I met a couple from New Orleans, 69 and 70, age 69 and 70, and they were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And we ended up talking our first night and actually having dinner together at Chef's Table, which is one of Alma Waterway's um, restaurants. They have the main dining room and then also the Chef's Table the second night. And our experience at Chef's Table was amazing. But and I can talk about that. But just the fact that I was able to meet these people the first night and then make a reservation to go to dinner with them the second night and them to be so open minded to dine with me as a young traveler who was by myself was just really nice. Um, But our experience at Chef's Table was was great. Chef's Table is a set menu with wine pairings and I am not a super picky eater, but one thing that I don't particularly love eating is fish. And of course, when they asked about any sort of allergies or, you know, food restrictions, I didn't say anything about fish because I didn't, I didn't want to be closed minded. And now naturally, our whole menu was fish almost. Um, But everything was great. And I went into it open minded. And I ate everything that was presented and it was so good. The portions were so small that, you know, even if you wanted to try a bite of something that was almost your entire, that entire course anyway. Um, but it was seven courses and it was, it was, it was so good. And the dining experience was special and, uh, we just had a great time and we got to talk a lot. And the, the great thing about chef's table is it's in the back of the boat. And there's glass that kind of covers the 
the entire restaurant, the walls of the entire restaurant. So you're really getting these views of the river. And we saw a couple ships pull up next to us, Uniworld pulled up um, behind us, and we were able to kind of watch them get into port. And it was just a really nice experience. And everyone else there really enjoyed it as well. And I didn't hear one negative thing about Chef's Table the entire time that I was on board. Everyone was was thoroughly impressed by that experience. And it, it was just, I don't know, that was a great experience. I'm going to write an entire story about that. But um, I would highly recommend it's inclu- it's included in your cruise fare. So you do have to make a reservation, but it's completely included. So it's nice to have that special dining experience. So the first day that you're on board, I would highly recommend going to reception and making a reservation to go to chef's table. But I want to kind of get into what I said earlier about being meeting like-minded people and that you'll find like-minded people on the rivers. I think that oftentimes you find these through your shore excursions. And oftentimes you will see the same people on the excursions that you're taking, depending on whether you're doing the walking tours or the active tours. I know that there were quite a few people who chose to do the bike tours every single day. And so they were getting to know each other through their passion for biking or for being active. Um, Ama Waterways also has a wellness program. And you would see the same people at the morning stretch classes every day and the core strengthening classes. And so, so through your cruise and through the certain activities that are offered, you, you kind of see the same people doing the same things as you and you're able to form friendships in that way. So I think that definitely picking excursions that really speak to you is one great way to meet your your like your fellow travelers and people who are going to be like-minded. Now, I will also say that I am someone who thoroughly enjoys their alone time. And it was a bit hard aboard because as I said, you know, I would try to sit alone and someone would come up to me and ask to to eat with me and I always said yes, but there were times when it was pretty cold and I would go outside to the top deck just to sit and read so that I could have a little bit of peace. And of course, I could have done that in my stateroom as well. But there was something nice about being outside. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, there's no, there's no way of escaping, um, I guess, like the crowd on a riverboat, because as I said, you can go to your stateroom. But you have to keep in mind that there is only one kind of place to hang out, which is going to be the lounge. And there are going to be people in there all the time. So if you're looking for a moment of alone time, the only real place that you can do that is in your cabin. That's one reason that I'm grateful that I had a balcony because I was able to sit outside and read by myself or whatever I wanted to do. Um, but also I found some peace in, in being up on the sun deck and kind of just reading alone up there as well. And another thing that I'll note about this sailing is because um, this was a group of travel agents, everyone was like oddly young <laughs> for a river cruise. You know, they were in there, I would say they averaged between 40 and 60 
And for a river cruise group, that really is quite young. Um, so I found this particular sailing to be a bit louder than others that I've been on. And I know that some of the guests had a couple of complaints about that as previous river cruisers because they were not used to that volume as well. So I think in some ways that helped because I'm younger that, you know, it was a bit more lively, but I also kind of missed that traditional river cruise experience that I was used to. And of course, that is of, of no uh, no fault of Ama Waterways. They they cannot control the way that their guests, you know, interact with one another. But it is just something to note that sometimes when you're on these sailings and there is a group, um, it can really change the dynamics of the trip and the dynamics of, um, you know, just the way that things work, how late people are out and what music is being played and, and just things like that. So my advice to another person who's traveling solo is that, you know, kind of evaluate what you really enjoy. And do you enjoy alone time? Do you enjoy being with other people? You know, what kind of, how do you like to pass your time? And I think that either way that you choose, you'll find something to do on a river cruise. Because also during the day, you know, if you are someone who enjoys being alone, for example, when we went to Vienna, I just went off by myself. I took a shuttle into the city center, walked around, and then I found a park and sat and read my book and then walked back to the ship by myself. So there are always options and you don't have to do tours if you don't want to. You can kind of explore things on your own. And I think that anyone who's going to kind of choose to do a river cruise by themselves is obviously going to be someone who's independent and willing to explore. But, you know, just keep in mind that there are there is more than one way to do these things. And I tried to kind of do them, do different excursions and and, and go to day to day in different ways so that I could report back in a couple of different ways. The part of me that's extroverted was able to make connections with people and be extroverted. And then the part of me that was introverted was able to be introverted as well. But moving on from solo travel a little bit and just to the onboard experience, I had a great time. I mean, river cruising is something that I really enjoy. I think that it's so neat that I was able to go to five countries and seven days and really kind of experience a part of Europe that I hadn't seen before. Um, and, you know, I I was able to see it in such a different way, being able to do these bike tours and these hikes and these walking tours and, and going to Salzburg by bus. And, you know, there were just so many different experiences. And one thing that I always say about, you know, active excursions and walking tours and having these choices is that you're able to choose not only a different experience for different types of travelers, but also different experiences for the same traveler. So that's why I chose to do a walking tour one day, a bus tour one day, a bike tour one day, because I wanted to give myself a variety as well. And you are more than welcome to do that aboard. Now, 
The ship itself I was impressed by. I have never had a balcony on a river cruise before, and as I said, it was nice to be able to sit outside and read my books and things like that. However, I don't think that the balcony kind of makes the entire river cruise experience, so I would not book a stateroom based solely on that, but it was nice, and then there was definitely more space in that stateroom than there would have been on a lower level stateroom. So, I did enjoy and appreciate the space that I had in my stateroom. It did not feel crowded at all. Now, I know some of the like mother-daughter, um, mother-son. I don't think there were any father-son, but any of the kind of parent-child groups that I was traveling with did say that their staterooms were a little bit tight or anyone that was sharing. But I mean, I think that that's to be expected. And, and you're not spending very much time in your stateroom. But when you look at how small these ships are, it's like, how much room can you can you expect? And, and I got way more than I thought that I was going to. So I, I really enjoyed my stateroom. Um, and you know, the bathroom was a good size. And that's something that I heard from a lot of people too, is that the bathrooms were bigger than they anticipated them being. Um, but I didn't spend terribly much time in my stateroom. Of course I did sit in for maybe an hour or two a day and kind of, you know, catch up on emails or watch YouTube videos or, or whatever, what have you, or read my book. I know I've talked so much about that, but I just, when I'm on vacation, I want to read. Um, but then, you know, this ship did provide a lot of space to kind of move around. I think that, of course, this was off season and doing the Christmas market cruises and things like that are really nice. But river cruising during the summer is really the best time to do it, in my opinion, because I really like the you know, sitting on the sun deck and kind of just taking in, there are such good views, especially when you're cruising during the day, just being able to sit out and kind of watch everything. Um, it's really magical. And, and I was able to do that on this cruise too, but I just, there's something different about doing it in the summer. Um, and just kind of sitting out and it being warm and slightly breezy. Now, as I said earlier, there is kind of only one public space other than the sun deck, which is going to be the lounge. Um, so if you are a recluse, yes, you can stay in your stateroom. But as far as like getting out and going places and having silence, you're not really going to get much of that. Um, just because the ships are so small. Now, if we look to a ship like Ama Magna, which is Ama Waterway's newest ship that will be sailing in just a couple of weeks, actually, in the beginning of May, um, she starts sailing. She will have a lot more room for guests to kind of walk around multiple dining venues, um, you know, different places to hang out. And I think that that will kind of help with that issue of, okay, well, it's late at night. And what do I do? Yeah, I either go back to my stateroom or, you know, or deal with it. Um, but when you have a larger size ship, because Ama Magna will be double width, um, you do have a few more options as far as finding somewhere to go and hang out. Now, there is really so much that I could say about this trip, and I know that I've talked mostly about the ship. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the food and then maybe a little bit about, you know, kind of the journey itself and where I went um, and then kind of wrap this. So the food on the ship was, was great. As I said, my meal at Chef's Table was awesome, but there's something that was really 
nice, just about the dinners in the main dining room. And everyone was so attentive, so helpful. All of the wines were great and they were selected based off of the region that we were in. Um, I tended to, on the menu, there was a chef's recommendation. So that you had the menu with all of your choices and then you had the chef recommendation with, you know, one meal from each course. And so I almost always went with a chef recommendation, but then sometimes I would have the waiter come up and he would say, my recommendation would be this. So you always had guidance if you felt like you needed it. And then something else that I really appreciated was Ama Waterways um, healthy choice options. So on one part of the menu, they would also have a healthy choice menu that kind of gave the healthiest options of the bunch. And I think that one thing that Ama Waterways does really well is kind of accommodate guest needs and they have gluten-free options um and my friend victoria who's vegan came on in budapest with me and decided that she was going to have lunch and dinner on board and um they were very accommodating and in finding something vegan for her and even when they didn't have a vegan option actually they kind of made something for her um which was just really special and kind of spoke to how how willing and able the the staff and crew were to help with guest needs um but yeah all of the dinners were great i actually don't have anything to pick at at all um it was all of my meat was cooked really well i'm very picky i like my meat really rare and my steaks were perfectly cooked um I don't know. I mean, everything was good. And I'll write more about that in a later article that you can read to get more details about my meals aboard. But they were all good. One thing that I really enjoyed was the lunches aboard. There was a buffet style and they also had a menu. And I kind of created a habit of going down to the buffet, getting a salad, and then eating a soup from the menu because their soups were so good. They had this broccoli cream soup and I just wanted it on the menu every day. It was so good. And then they had an asparagus cream soup. I mean, those soups were amazing. So yeah, every day I would just eat a soup and a salad and it was so great. And then of course, they would have some of the regional um, dishes as well. But one thing that was kind of funny was that they had pho one day. And so someone said, you know, well, why are we eating a Korean dish? And I was like, well, you know, the, they had some of the, um, they had some of the regional dishes on the menu, but the buffet had pho. So I kind of appreciated those different options and having kind of another worldly option because, you know, people don't always want to eat sausages and meat and, you know, different, I don't know. It's nice to have variety in my opinion. Um, but the lunches were great. That was kind of always the high point of my day because lunch kind of allowed time to regroup and just kind of chill and, and have a good time. Um, and kind of mingle with the fellow travelers. Breakfasts were always good too. They had definitely American style breakfasts where they would have, eggs and bacon and ham, but then they also had more of the European style breakfast, which is what I always opted for, like cheese and cucumbers and tomatoes and hams and things like that. Um, 
And so I, I, I was really impressed by all of the food options. And I felt like, you know, even if someone were picky, they would still be able to find something that they enjoyed, which reminds me actually that AMA also has an always available menu on their dinner menus. So that includes like a Caesar salad, a strip steak, a chicken breast, and just things like that, where maybe if someone isn't as adventurous of an eater, they are still able to have a few options that are going to be available nightly um, that they can enjoy. Um, oh yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the excursions and about the ports of call. So we started in Vilsofen, Germany, which is in the south of Germany. And the first night we had an Oktoberfest there, which was really good. We got to drink some beer, eat some pretzels, have a really good time. Um, and then, you know, we made our way through Austria and we went to Slovakia uh, and then we ended in Budapest, Hungary. And I think two of three of the highlights from my trip were number one, the bike tour in Passau, which was just so neat and it was so fun. Not very hard. I think it was like 13 miles, which is kind of far, but it didn't seem like that much of a challenge. There were definitely a few hills, but people definitely walked their bikes up them. I mean, it wasn't really anything that would provide too much of a challenge. Just hop off your bike and walk it up the hill if you need to. Um, But the coolest part about that bike tour for everyone that was with me was the fact that we rode up through Germany and then we crossed the Germany-Austria border and we rode back in Austria. And I guess a lot of the people that I was traveling with had not been to Europe or were not used to being in Europe. And so they were really confused about why there was no kind of border or, you know, the fact that we could just easily bike over into Austria and then come back, you know, they were just astounded by that. And I think that that made a really cool story for them to be able to go home and tell that like, oh, we took a bike tour and we were in Germany for half of it and Austria for half of it. And so... I think that that was a really good story for them to be able to tell. And it was cool for me too. Obviously, I have done biking in Europe before and crossed borders easily. But you know, it's, it's still, it makes a good story. The second highlight for me was the hike that I did in Dernstein, which was so hard. It was so steep. I cannot even explain it. We started before we even got up to the mountain. We were walking up this hill and it was, there were only three of us that did the hike, um, four, including our guide. And it was a 17 year old kid, his mother, who was 50 and, and me, who is 23. And I don't think that anyone who was, you know, maybe a traditional river cruise passenger, you know, in their 70s or 80s could have done it because it was really steep and it was gravel. So you were walking up this mountain that was so steep. The ground was gravel. And actually, Kara, one of the people that we were, I was with, slipped once um, because it was so steep and the gravel just slid out from under her. But it was so worth it. The views at the top were beautiful. And, you know, 
maybe if someone were a little bit older, they could do it, but they would have to be pretty fit because we definitely did have to stop a few times and kind of catch our breath because it was, it was quite steep. Um, but our guide was so knowledgeable and the fact that our group was so small was actually really nice because she was able to answer questions. And, um, the kid that I was with, the 17 year old was very curious about world war II because that's what he was learning about in school. So he ended up asking her some questions about that. And, you know, we were just able to kind of talk freely and we got a little bit political, which was interesting because I always like learning about the political climate in Europe and, you know, what people think. So it was, it was great. And then the last highlight for me was my trip to Salzburg because I am such a fan of the sound of music. And the one thing that I, the one thing that was hard about it was the bus ride. And I thought that I was going to be so bored. The bus ride was like an hour and a half long or so. And I brought a book, I brought my headphones, I was so prepared to just tune out. And then as soon as I got on the bus, our guide was so animated and nice and funny and knowledgeable. And he made quite a few sound of music puns, which I actually wrote down. But, you know, when I got on, he said, Oh, you're a young one, aren't you? 16 going on 17. And then, uh, you know, he says, it's a beautiful day today, which means there are no raindrops on roses in Salzburg. But you know, he just, we listened to the Sound of Music soundtrack and just all of these really cool things. And I didn't even have a chance to read or listen to music because I was just so intrigued by what he was saying. Now on the way back, I think a lot of people were tired and did fall asleep, but um, he provided a lot of insight and the scenery was so beautiful on the bus. Um, we were passing by so many mountains. It, it, it was just a really cool experience. And um, I, I, I wouldn't let the bus time discourage you if you were considering going on an excursion like that because the guides that Ama picks are so knowledgeable and wonderful. So anyway, um, I mean, I guess that's all. I, I, As I said, I could talk about this all day long, but it's been almost 30 minutes. So I think that... I'm going to cut it now. Um, but if you guys have any questions about my journey, please feel free to contact me and keep up with my travels on River Cruise Advisor as well. I have a, quite a few Ama Viola pieces that are coming out in the next couple of weeks, and I will go into a bit more detail on some of the things that I talked about today. Thank you so much for joining me today on Avid Travel with Britain Frost. I hope that you all have a great week and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.